Hello and welcome to the Billy Shears Club. I'm Caleb Clark. And I'm Brett Lay. And thanks for listening. Today we've got two lovely albums for you folks. We've got Strange New Past by Seth Century and Come to My Garden by Minnie Ripperton. Uh, Brett, how about you start us off with a little bit about Seth Century there? Well, Seth Sentry is an Australian hip-hop artist from around the Melbourne area. Uh, This album in particular came out in 2015, but he's been uh, doing hip-hop and rap for a few decades now. Uh, He's still doing it, in fact. His latest album came out last year, but this one I wanted to focus on in particular because of how coherent it feels as like a story and in a theme. And also because I, as a neurodivergent person, just could really relate to a lot of the themes in it. Cool, which is interesting because I have no idea whether or not I'm neurodivergent and sometimes I really relate, so, but sometimes I don't. So it's like, you know, split difference. Cool. All right. So, how did you like this album? Yeah, I would say overall, I did really enjoy it. It it's one that I would say I like. Seemed to be at a weird intersection of musical styles that I was big on, like sort of the very maxed out introspective style, like H.A.R. and John Bellion, mm-hmm. with you know the very you know, hard, lyrical, like, but not exactly artistically formed, you know, trappings of, like, current Eminem and Logic, you know, like, but somehow he finds this, like, sweet spot in between that's both, like, you know, very sonically robust and muscular and has that sort of, like, bit of Australian grit to it, but still, like, incredibly nerdy and thoughtful and personal and, like, really came together in an interesting way, like, I probably, like, I was honestly impressed. Like, this was a really nice album. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I do like about it quite a bit is, like, the vulnerability. <laughs> um, one of the songs, uh, Hellboy, I read he yeah. was on a, uh, a trip in the bush just writing, and he had yeah. some time left over, and he just wanted to write the most impressive song he could. But everything else is like very much about him, his past, and his present emotionally. Yeah. And I, yeah. I like that. Yeah, definitely. You get a lot about, you learn a lot about sort of his, you know, general childhood and upbringing and a lot of the insecurities and like sort of cracks in his person. That developed mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in Violin in particular, you can see he tells a story of basically his father and how that relationship or lack thereof affected mm-hmm. him and made him how he is today and how he's it's still like growing from that. Yeah, that was definitely the, uh, that's definitely for me personally, the, uh, whatchamacallit, like, 
the emotional crux of the entire album. Mm-hmm. It's just such a very raw and personal song. Like he puts a lot of emotion into all the different aspects of this pain. Mm-hmm. What other? I guess we're sort of switching over to the favorite tracks. But uh, did you have any other tracks you really liked? I do. I do really like 1969, both because <laughs> it's upbeat and bouncy, and also because it uses a sort of alternate history to ask big questions about human ambition. <laughs> Because it's a song about blowing up the moon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's also a song about just escalating conflict Mm -hmm. and how far humanity is willing to go to gain victory. Mm -hmm. But it's also just a really catchy tune. Yeah, it's got that really... Uh, I guess, like, sort of drum and bass jungle style beat, you know, it's like, or like really fast and sort of amen breaky. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and then, it like, slows down in the middle to like a a more bouncy, slower, ba ba da, ba ba da, ba ba da, ba ba da. Yeah. yeah I, re- I really love, like, this is the only one that I would really call like a so- larger social commentary type track. Like, a lot of the album's mm-hmm. more introspective. But he does really well. Yeah, like this is more of him, like, you know, talking about the pride of humanity and, you know, folly and hubris. And he does pretty Mm -hmm. well. And part of it is just that he's like, like like you say, blowing up the moon. That's a pretty over the top sort of twist on putting a man on the moon. So, Mm -hmm. but also still, you know, has that same basic spirit of we're humanity, we're cool, we can do what we want with nature. And then, yeah, it's like we can do it, so there's no reason we shouldn't. And I think that's a very important point of view to take, especially nowadays. Yeah, there's this movie series about it. I can't put my finger on it, but I think they spared no expense on the production. I mean, I don't know. I heard about it. I think there might be like, it's about a space rock. The moon, maybe? I think there's one about the moon. I think the moon has oh, aliens a... in it. Hmm. Maybe that's why the century had to blow it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's see. Another one. Another one that was really good, like, it's probably the opening track, the How Are You, where it's... Mm-hmm. A big part of it is, like, the that beat. You know, it's got that huge stadium rocking feel to it. You know, it's very loud, very majestic. The heavy drums that sort of announce the presence. It's like, welcome to the album. Yeah. But then also, like, the lyrics are still quite intricate. Like, it's all about, like, just him being stressed and dissatisfied. And also, he, Mm -hmm. like, makes the random references. Like, I was... It became a bit of a problem on the rest of the album, but some of his references work really well here. Like, how he references both Dorian Gray and Two Faces in a song about, like, not really trusting people all that much. And the entire second verse mm-hmm. is just 
sort of weaving in all the different songs that show up later in the album, which was all just really yeah. cool. Yeah. It's like a little bit of appetizers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How'd you like, how'd you like, uh, how, how are you? I mean, I really like the, the beat and the rhythm to it. I like <laughs> that he feels frustrated that no one is sincere about their emotions. <laughs> um, but that lack of sincerity doesn't hide the fact that they're not okay. <laughs> um, see, so yeah, I'm looking for a specific lyric. Oh, the, the lyric with the Dorian Gray, the one you pointed out. What's the point of talking that way when your story's all on your face? Hide that real portrait away. Yeah, good morning, Dorian Gray. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the aspects of it that I relate to is just everyone seems to know how to act a certain way. And sometimes you got to figure out how to figure out what that is. Yeah. I find that relatable. Yeah. yeah definitely. There's another thing you sort of pick up like. He very much sort of emphasizes that more of, you know, any other tracks you wanted to point out? Um, hmm. I do really enjoy the visuals in Pripyat. Mm. And also the, um, the consonant pairings and like, <laughs> what's the, what's the word? Consonants? Uh, um, alliteration? Uh, yeah, let me pull those like lyrics. Final bit of the second verse. <laughs> oh, it's appropriate part one, the singy bit, not the verse mm. heavy bit. It's Cloud City citizens sitting here smoking cigarettes, cynical people talk at me, pity my minds in Pripyat. Just the, 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 the sounds and yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, both those tracks are really good at sort of a, this is him with basically withdrawing into his mind palace, except his mind palace is the remains of Chernobyl, which is kind of grim. But yeah, it, it, it fits with, you know, his dark mood and also kind of like the whole space race, blow things up mentality. Mm -hmm. And you might not have noticed it, um, <laughs> but there are references to um, his previous album in here, too. Uh. Um, just the first line is... <laughs> basically the same line from Strange Lot, which is the song he references in that line. <laughs> um, and then back to the rap part. He references Fake Champagne, which is this album. <laughs> um, oh, I guess that's where I was when the dead came is a reference to 
a song he had in his previous album about zombies. <laughs> and then he talks quite a bit about the train because he wrote a lot of his music on the train rides to and from work. <laughs> and I like the way that this song goes into the next song, the segue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good segue. He's very good at like connecting pieces all together. Mm -hmm. That segue and the all the different references to other songs. Mm -hmm. Intricate sort of thing. It feels like a cohesive piece and not just mm -hmm. a bunch of songs that sound good kind of mashed together. Yeah. before because I only have a couple more songs that I was huge on there speaking of like the when songs mesh together not all of them are quite so good we want to talk about some songs that we weren't as hot on well, it sounds like you want to go for it uh, look look the show drives on me being negative so holy oh uh yeah there were there were a couple songs that weren't so great. Uh, I think I've mentioned earlier, uh, Dumb and Sorry. Which which would you want to start on? Um, let's go with Dumb, because it's earlier in the album. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't like listening to a song where the singer's like, I'm dumb, because I don't like thinking, ah, I'm dumb. So... <laughs> What specific kicks do you have about it? Yeah, I would... See, the thing with, like, the saying I'm dumb is that there is a... You know, people do have the insecurity of thinking that they're dumber than they actually are. You know, imposter syndrome and all that. That's a real thing. Mm -hmm. You could write a song about that. And he does have lines, like, in Strange New Past that reference that, and it's like... It works there. Mm -hmm. But here, he just sort of, like stretches it out into this long gag where it's like just sort of loses all meaning of insecurity and it's just him trying yeah, to think of... Yeah, it's like, of, Ifu, I'm an idiot. Yeah, like a whole line about the shampoo thing and the part where he compares his stupidity to an STD, which was also just kind of gross. Apparently mm -hmm. the shampoo thing is because all good hip-hop albums have a section in them about that sort of thing. This is according to him. I looked it up on Genius. I guess that's how it goes. <laughs> Not about the shampoo part. No, no, I need, I need to know what he's talking about. Why does he say this? What I'm just about like something very bizarre and sex, kind of sexual? No, just the second bit. He made it, he made it weird and kind of self-deprecating. I think for comedy points, I don't think that's a required part of that specific inclusion. 
Okay, I want to preface Apparently this by saying... Apparently this song is, is about feeling like being a failure of an adult. And not yeah, knowing you failed as an adult because you wrote a bad song! You wrote a bad <laughs> song! <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on the thing because it's like... Yeah, I've I've heard gross skits and rap albums, but like every rap album, what was the gross uh, sex in an Australian hip hop man? <laughs> of course, maybe it's only Australian hip hop albums that require it. Uh, I don't know, but anyway, yeah, you know, just yeah, it just sort of puts itself thin, and also part of it is just that like. Like earlier when I was talking about the comparison to current day Eminem, most mm -hmm. of the time he manages to avert that because he has, you know, like emotional depth and his, you know, there's like a core to his music, so it's not empty. This this does sound like something that current day Eminem would make, whereas you know got the really, you know, he's trying way too hard with the delivery and it's got the big corny chorus and he's making all the weird jokes. Like this is mm -hmm. this is what this is what I kind of feared at times. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts. Those are some nice thoughts. Yeah. And what about sorry? What are your thoughts there? <laughs> See, I thought the beat was really nice because it's like a nice sort of laid back victory lap type soulful mm -hmm. beat, but also. And it's like a whole apology song, except it all just got kind of backhanded. You know, it's yeah. just not really apologizing for anything. It's just him telling random stories. And These are all the bad things I did. Yeah, this is more of a sorry, not sorry song. Yeah. Yeah. So I could, much. like, see him as a kid being like, I'm sorry, and an adult being like, sorry doesn't fix anything. Stuff so your sorry is <laughs> in a stack. And he's like, well, I guess that means I never apologize for anything, then. <laughs> that, that's fair. That, that is a good insight. I'm not, sure if it, I'm not sure if it works as, like, the ending to your album, but I could see mm -hmm. it working, like, in that context. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Huh. It just got a lot of points for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, to bring it back, let's talk about more good songs, because those were, like, for me personally, the only ones that were, like, about not bad or even below, like, average. Mm-hmm. What are the other songs on here do you want to talk about? Uh, hmm. I think Run was a good song to put second, because mm -hmm. it's the furthest back chronologically, it's talking about his childhood, but it isn't quite as heavy as violin gets. It's setting up like a background of this is how I grew up. This is some of the hooliganery I did as a child. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely really liked it. It's, yeah, it is, it's a well-written song, and I do always appreciate, you know, a childhood reminisce type song. Mm -hmm. sort of like all the different parts he has like you know especially I think that one like towards the end where it's like the whole town was against us but maybe we were just against the town and he's commenting mm -hmm. like 
the town was a nice place to be a kid or uh, be retired, but any other time you don't want to be there. And that like, closing line about like smiling through pepper spray. Mm-hmm. There was some good writing like, in there. So, so bored that he's purposefully antagonizing the cops to like yeah. reclaim some of his youthful yeah. adrenaline. But the town he grew up in has, like, I think only, like, 1,300 people. It's, like, on a little peninsula outside the bay that Melbourne's on. (laughs) Um, Mm. I think he mentions that in this song, too. Uh, Most of the kids I know from the peninsula stay, but if you don't have a trade, everything is just so hard. Your last words are Rosebud like Citizen Kane. Yeah. And apparently Rosebud is one of the larger towns on that peninsula, so it's a double reference. Ah, I gotcha. I see. That's why he's congratulating himself. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Small town, not much to do. You're stuck on an island. Delinquency sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. The, one, the one thing that always gets me on this song is the line about how the street is made of cheese graters. Oh, because yeah. It's like just a, the tiniest bit too absurd of an image for me, and I always kind of get stuck on it. Like, why do you say cheese graters? Because his knees like, are grazed. Because the road <laughs> is so rough that every time he falls off his skateboard, he, his knees just get bloody. I, I get that, but it's just like the image of cheese graters. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, you know, it's a very it's a metaphor. Thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a metaphor. It's, it's imaginative. I wouldn't have thought of it, but it's just, it always <laughs> gives me pause. I guess, I guess my other. The other one other song that I really liked on this one was probably the Hate Love. Mm. Sort of like him working through how he's got relationships, but they're, you know, the emotional dynamic is messed up and it's like a hundred percent physical and he just, you know, has a struggle to, you know, grow beyond, you know, lustful attraction. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got some Good insight. Yeah, it's got depth. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's called hate love because it's not that he hates love and affection. It's that Mm -hmm. he doesn't like all of the drama that Mm -hmm. you can so easily fall into when you're in relationships Mm -hmm. with other people. Mm -hmm. And he sings about wanting to keep it physical in the song Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they've both agreed that they're not going to get into like an emotional relationship (laughs) and by the end of the song he's like oh no i am in love um and he's like i did not want this to happen and so it just the song ends with it being unresolved But yeah, it's definitely up there. It's one of the. Yeah, I think as far as like if I were putting it on tiers, I think it will probably be a very strong B tier, with like violin at mm-hmm. the S tier, 
And then like, how are you run and uh, 1969 on the A tier? So it'll be up there with like Pripyat, I would say. Maybe a little lower okay. than Pripyat. That'll be my... hmm. What about Rooftop Hooligans? What did you think of that one? Eh. That one I wasn't a silent, honestly. It was like... Mm -hmm. It kind of felt like run, but without the defense of this is him talking about when it's a kid, it's just him now being kind of gross. And by gross, I mean like still being a juvenile delinquent, except at the age of 30, not as in like the whole shampoo bottle incident. <laughs> what, what about you? Um, yeah, I think the only song we haven't talked about is Nobody Like Me. <laughs> and it starts out sounding like, oh, I'm the coolest. There isn't anybody like me. But then you quickly realize he's saying, oh, nobody likes me. I don't even <laughs> like me. Who could like me? Oh. And it Come sets on. up, like, some of his, um, uh, what's, some of his right. confidence issues mm -hmm. that the next song kind of expounds mm -hmm. on. And the song after that tries to, like, reverse and cover up. I didn't have too much on Nobody Like Me. Yeah, the chorus was that was a that was a kind of neat little reversal. Otherwise, mm -hmm. yeah. There's some video oh. game references. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll I will be honest. Like the the section from Nobody Like Me to about Rooftop Hooligans was probably. I felt like was on a few steps lower than the other parts of the album, like the How Are You and Run and then uh, Hate Love through 1969 are really great, but that middle section was, uh, it, I don't know, it was like, it was okay. It was just like not as much for me personally. And that's sort of like there. made it harder because they were all together. Mm -hmm. Well, you want to put your strongest stuff at the beginning and the end. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Well, yeah. Any any other thoughts? I think. Um, I like the way he rhymes certain things that wouldn't work in like American English, <laughs> but work in Australian English because of how they pronounce things. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was a lot getting to you. I think he's the first like. Full-on Australian rapper I've listened to. Like, I guess I've technically listened to a like a New Zealand rapper with OMC, but not Australian. So this was novel. <laughs> Good. If you're looking for another, uh, I could recommend the Fundamentals or the, the Hilltop Hoods. Hmm. Interesting. I shall have to check them out. They're all rapping buddies, so there are a couple of collaborations between all three of them. Nice. I, I would also like to point out on the, on Hellboy, he has a song, he has a line about how his spirit animal is a pterodactyl that's like ripping you apart. Which is like, 
it's it's like this is supposed to be here. Dark I really things. appreciate that he gave the pterodactyl steel mechanical talons because pterodactyls <laughs> did not have feet they, that were capable of grabbing, so it would need some sort of prosthesis to grab to pick things up. <laughs> well, at least Jurassic Park lied to you. At least, at least it's biologically accurate. Well, zoologically accurate now. Thank you, Seth, for representing for all the paleontologists in the world. <laughs> truly. Truly. Who can hate this man who has done so much for the mainstream obscure character of the century and herodactyl feet? <laughs> That's just good science communication right there. Yeah. Let's give it up for our boys down under. Yeah. Yeah. Those are our thoughts on Strange New Past by Seth Sentry. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next part where we talk about Come to My Garden by Minnie Ripperton.